by Anime for Humanity. My name is June, and this is a podcast where we explore different topics related to mental health and tie those themes into the anime that we watch. This week, we'll be diving into the topic of queer representation in anime, and we have a special guest with us here today, Kiba Walker. Hi! <laughs> you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kiba Walker. I'm a voice actor and director based out of Dallas, Texas. Um, you can hear me in Black Clover, uh, Fruits Basket, My Hero Academia, uh, Horinia just recently, um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I'm also the president and COO of Ascendant Animation. Uh, we recently dubbed Ishida and Asakura, and we are currently working on the English dub of The Titan's Bride. Um, so, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm literally, literally so excited. So excited. <laughs> uh, speaking of change, my name, the voice of Caius uh, in that. So that'll be fun. Uh, for everyone to hear. Um, and yeah, and I'm also a professional drag queen, uh, Salem Moon here in Dallas. And uh, my pronouns are he, him. Yeah. Awesome. My name is Heather and we start this off with a mental health check. So how's everyone doing today? Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm mentally resetting. <laughs> Completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a month, May, Mental Health Month, Mental Health Awareness Month. Oh yeah. Lots of practice this month, I feel like I've gotten. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. May has been a very busy month for me. Uh working on we just literally finished recording Titans Bride, the entire dub. Um literally at the beginning of May. And so uh, everything after that has just been mixing and, you know, making sure all the right paperwork goes out. And, um, you know, I've been nonstop book doing drag, you know, brunches and stuff like that, trying to, you know, make ends meet. Um, but uh, overall, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So I'm happy about doing it. My body just hates me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's where we're at today. <laughs> Well, again, thank you for being here with all that going on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How about you, Heather? Right. Oh, uh, I'm good. Nothing too wild. I get to see Demon Slayer um, tonight, so very excited oh, for that. Yeah. Other than that, I'm just... I'm just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Demon Slayer later today, too. Ooh. Yeah. I was supposed to watch it yesterday, so but... For you. Uh, the tickets we bought were for the wrong day. So oh, no. oh we are watching God. it today instead. They, they got it all sorted out. So we're good. <laughs> we're good. But just, uh, yeah. Well, Happy to move into Pride Month. Prepared. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, I heard it's a lot. Um, but yeah. yeah, happy to move into Pride Month, get out of May and get into Ooh. something a little exciting. Yes. Yes. As we move into our topic today of queer representation, I thought it'd be a good idea if we kind of introduced ourselves in whatever way feels comfortable for, for each of y'all um, to identify as part of the community. And for me, um, I use pronouns he, him, and I identify as a cis gay man. Um, and that's, yeah, that's how I identify the community. That's how I watch anime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I definitely, like I mentioned, I'm a cis gay man as well, uh, he, him. And uh, it's funny because uh, queer representation, like, 
and anime is something that has been more prevalent recently. Um, I mean, it's been around, but we're like finally uh, starting to like actually appreciate it rather than make it a, the butt of the joke, um, which mm-hmm. is really nice. Um, and so uh, there's been a lot of things in recent years that I've been like, yay, I like we're going in the right direction um, and respecting you know, the queer community uh, in the right way because, you know, we deserve, you know, some sort of representation. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> um, and I am a cis pansexual woman. Don't have much else to add besides that. But June, do you want to tie in mental health to this topic? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know, I know that um, with representation being kind of the the main focus of um, what we wanted to talk about today, uh, just appreciating what representation can mean for someone who is part of the community and part of really like any, anyone that is a part of a, a marginalized or um, community or community that has experienced discrimination um, historically, like having representation in media is so important and just feeling like, there are other people like you out there, right? Um, even in a media that's animated, just seeing like, yeah, seeing people that look like you, talk like you, think like you, um, act like you is is nice to see. Um, definitely kind of works against those um, feelings of isolation, of discrimination that folks um, in the queer community can uh, experience in their, in their personal lives. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's like there's, the information's out there now, right? That, uh, that the queer community is especially vulnerable for a lot of different kind of mental health issues. And most of the time, right, it's not like an internal thing. It's it's definitely social in the sense that it's, it's less about um, how someone feels about their identity and more about how society impacts um, them and the way that they see their identity. And so... It's uh, in thinking about rep- queer representation in anime, right? It's it's it is about um, kind of changing that social narrative of what it means to be queer. Um, because, as you know, I I love myself, but yeah. it's when it's when society <laughs> is harmful that things get a little dicey. And so, um, yeah, I think especially, I think especially just on that really quick, um, you know, we as, as the LGBTQ community, we like we end up getting a lot of that pressure from what society really wants us to be or what they perceive us to be or what they don't want us to be. And so getting that in our, you know, in the media that we watch and we intake, it was really hard growing up for me to find, um, you know, characters that felt like me and, you know, characters that, you know, were like me, um, whether that be the color of my skin or, you know, my identity. Um, and so I, I remember just like being a part of that culture was like, well, if that's not there, then I'm going to, you know, make up like my own stuff. And like, this is what I think that these characters should be. And, you know, that's the fandom, right? You know, we have the whole, the idea of what the fandom is. And so seeing shows actually bring characters like that to the forefront and getting to play characters similar to that, you know, in my voice acting work too, has been like really cool because um, as a kid, I would have been like, you know, I never in a thousand years would have seen that, but uh we're starting to go in that right direction, but I think there's still a lot of work. What's the first instance you guys can think of of when you saw representation and like animation specifically? Mm, thinking, thinking, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't just like my head cannon, but like was yeah. real. Because <laughs> I know I a lot of things that I watched when I was younger, I didn't realize there was um, like 
queer representation, like Sailor Moon, Card Capture. Like I, I didn't realize it back then, um, but I guess that would have been my first um, instances. But like I simply didn't notice. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I think there's a way in which like the anime that I um, can remember having some like queer representation. It it wasn't like explicit and clear to me until years later, and then mm-hmm. I'd look back and be like, oh. They were gay. <laughs> yeah. I think looking back, I mean, the first time that I really felt uh, that I saw like, oh, okay, that's cool, um, was really, and it was actually more recent um, because then like going back, I was like, well, I'm going to watch all these shows again to see, just like you said, uh, June, that like, it, you know, oh, they were definitely gay. <laughs> uh, but the first example that I really saw like a true like representation of like, some queer coding was in Yuri on Ice. Um, and uh, and it was the first show that I was like watching and I was like, oh, like I didn't expect that. That was interesting. And um, because it was so, it was implied and it was very like, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be an implied thing. And then it was ended up being like actually, you know, something that a lot of people were like, wait, is it real? Is that is that really happening? And we're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I think in recent you know, but when I was younger, like, I mean, you know, Neon Genesis, um, uh, just just knowing that the implications were there, and then seeing like going back, and be like, yeah, they were they were they were into each other. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I was just thinking that Kaworu and uh, Shinji. Just, yeah, exactly. yeah, And then going back and watching it and be like, mm, okay, <laughs> I see why I like this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like there's like, I'm assuming everyone feels like there's room for improvement at this point though. Is there like communities think that are like underrepresented inside the LGBT community or anything like that? Uh, you know what? I haven't seen a lot of, you know, trans representation in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you think of, again, it's, it comes down to, um, the LGBT community always being the butt of the joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it's always been. Like the character super feminine, the character super overly masculine, or you know they make fun of it. You know, call it cross dressing or whatever. And the you know like for example like Orin High School Host Club, there was that whole thing uh, with you know uh, Haruhi's dad. You know, mm. and it was like the whole joke was the whole thing. And back then, you know, you're like, oh, that's funny and like whatever. But you look at it now and you're like, but like what were we? trying to put across. Um, And so nowadays, like I'm looking and we're seeing like a lot of like characters in these newer shows, like Wonder Egg Priority and um, uh, uh, I forgot the names of shows, Uh, but there's there's a couple other shows I've been seeing recently that I've been seeing a lot more um, LGBT representation, but I'm still not seeing like that full like trans representation Mm -hmm. in the right way um yeah yeah, i just don't see that fairly being evenly across yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. i i will appreciate my hero academia though for big sis mags especially with how she was presented because it really put the point across that like trans people can look however they want to look and that's how they identify and so i really like that especially because i think the league of villains like stood up for her the whole time too yeah when they corrected uh pronouns during that one episode i forgot like which episode it was but when they yeah when they corrected another villain's uh misgendering of big sis yes (laughs) yeah i love that um yeah i think there's i think there's definitely room for improvement i think something interesting too that's happening is like um 
with how many um, animes are being uh, like re rebooted. Yeah. I don't know what the, the right word would be for that, but um, like our own high, high school host club, um, that was a, a a manga that I was reading when I was in like middle school in like the mid two thousands, and like the climate of queer dialogue was so different then, and so um, oh, like I'm yeah. even yeah I'm like thinking even about the um, the old like MTV reality TV shows and like watching those yeah, for fun like today, and I'm like whoa, there's a lot of homophobic and transphobic like. <laughs> stuff just going on air and so um as those shows get rebooted in today's like world it feels really like a step back but it's like having to remind myself like okay this was like this was you know from the 2000s or this was from the 90s or something um so uh yeah it it is it is interesting to kind of see those things next to each other right because then we we get the representation from like my hero yeah um right next to like a rebooted our own high school host club or a rebooted fruits, fruits basket. And it kind of right. like creates a really um, dynamic landscape of queer representation. Cause now you got like a lot yeah, of different things going sure. on. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like as time goes on, it's just going to continue to shift in uh, what feels like hopefully a more inclusive, uh, positive direction. Yeah, like fair to like compare like um, how queer representation is in anime to like Western animation, for example. I mean, I think we're f- uh, it's kind of weird because uh, you could say that Western animation is a little bit farther along in like kind of pushing the envelope. I mean, you look at Steven Universe um, and you look at uh, some of these other shows like uh, what's it called Kippo on Netflix. I can't remember the Kipo. whole title. Yeah, um, yeah, Kippo. Yeah, yeah. You look at these shows that definitely definitely are like queer coded through and through and they have this moment and you're like Western animation. Then like, you know, you have these people like, uh, like for example, the biggest example I remember is avatar uh, legend of Korra. Um, and you have Korra and Asami and you know, Nickelodeon did that whole thing where they kind of like pulled the episode and like did the whole thing. Cause they were like, no, we can't have this. And it was like the first one was like, wait, but wait, 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 wait. That's like, no, you can't like change the character's identity and story just because of the, no. And then, you know, Steven Universe had the whole moment pace where it's like, you know what, you know, forget the system. We're going to put what we want on here. Um, with anime, I feel like because there's so much source material there, you know, we're pulling from with the manga and and creating new stories. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done in, in Japan uh, and in anime because, um, again, they're still a little bit behind on, you know, the LGBT rights over there. Um, and I think we're going in the right direction. You know, I, I think we are. Um, but I think that comparing the two they're on the same path. It's just a little bit, it's one's taking a little bit more detours to get there um, <laughs> while one's just blazing kind of through. Um, but I still think on Western side, we still need, I mean, explicitly being like, okay, look, this whole entire, you know, this or this character or whatever that's gay or this character that's lesbian and they're going to say it from the start and no one's going to care. And when we get to that point, that's when we can be like, okay, like now we're seeing, you know, characters and people like us um, and those kids that are growing up now feeling like they don't have that representation are going to see characters like that who maybe don't watch anime but see that and be like oh my gosh like I can be myself Um, and I think we're going in that direction but I think it's 
it's like apples and oranges mm-hmm. on the same. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Western animation that includes like representation is generally like geared towards adults. Yeah. Whereas like there's, I think there's, and from what I've seen, there's a lot more representation in like anime that is geared towards kids, right. but like not as often, if that makes sense. Like look, for example, like with Big Sis Max, like being like my hero is geared towards kids. And I don't think we'd ever see a character like that in like yeah cartoons here, but that's just from what I see. I also don't watch a lot of like uh, animation geared towards children at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Coming from here, I haven't even watched any of the new Disney movies. So. Oh gosh, yeah, I need to catch up on some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that's a good point because I think there's, um, I feel like there's a lot of uh, attention around queer representation that focuses on storylines that um, uh, use like sex and gender, right? And I, I think that like a lot of I imagine that a lot of studios have a hard time figuring out how to create a story for kids that includes yeah. sex and gender. So, I mean, like big cis mags works because their entire storyline doesn't, it, it doesn't involve any of that at all. They're just, you know, a, <laughs> a character that is trans and is, you know, doing other stuff, fighting the heroes and things. Um, you see glimpses of it in their relationship with their best friend, but it's not like a focus of their story. And so, um, which I also think is important, right? Like having, characters where their identity isn't um the only thing about them that you know like they also have like lives they have careers <laughs> they have um other things going on for them and so uh so yeah i don't really know what's going that but <laughs> <laughs> i get what you're saying um i feel like this might be a good time to jump into queer coding for anybody listening that doesn't know what queer coding is uh, queer coding is the underlying subtext in some narratives that paints the characters as queer, whether that is by their interactions with other characters or their personalities. This can be driven by stereotypes and whatnot, and a good portion of the time, the actual show, movie, media does not actually confirm or deny the fact that these characters are queer or not. Um, personally, I think it's quite interesting, like, analyzing media in this kind of way. Um, when I was getting my undergrad in film, um, my favorite classes were film theory classes, and my professor every single time would um, throw in at the end of our analysis, like, oh, and here's queer theory too. Um, and just put like some kind of like queer spin on it. And it's it's always so interesting to me because I feel like um, it made me realize like everything isn't surface level. So uh, what's your guys' take on like queer coding um, this kind of media? I mean, I think when we're, when we're looking at queer coding in, especially in anime. Um, I think there's some things that recently have been just more subtle about it. Um, like stars align, for example. Um, yeah, stars align. I think the, the, the scene that kind of really went around a lot was the conversation in the bedroom between those two characters and talking about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, it's just a trans character and asking the appropriate questions. And it wasn't about, you know, like that's weird. And like all that, it was like very subtle and just kind of like there. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, it kind of became like, wow, that was a very important moment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people remember that um, from, you know, <laughs> from the, from the, from the show. And it's, it's moments like that, that I think would help 
ease, you know, the Western and, you know, the Japanese animation, like, into the right direction. Um, because, you know, you look at a show like, for example, you know, it's not queer coding, but it's a type of coding that I think that works because obviously it worked with Stars Aligned, but um, Fooly Cooley is one of my favorite shows ever. Um, and just subtly how the overlying theme was about, like, growing up in puberty and all this stuff, but it was never explicitly said. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like, okay, it's there. We understand it if you watch it multiple times and the characters are going through the same things that we are. Um, that kind of thing, the way the storytelling is on that is how I think we should be going because it worked with something like Stars Align. It worked with something like, you know, one of my favorite shows, Given. Um, and it, it works with all these things because now we're at a point where we're smart enough to like, follow along and we're smart enough to find these little nuggets of like, oh my gosh, like that's really cool. Now I get to know more about this character and now I'm more invested. Um, and so, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's, there's still a lot to be done and there's a couple more shows that are out right now that have it. But uh, yeah, I think the biggest example of that would definitely be stars Align. I think that's like the first thing that comes to mind for me. <laughs> I will not stop raving about that specific episode. I've showed so many yeah. friends that episode because I'm like, I don't care if you watch the entire thing, watch this episode because the way they talk about it is right. so important. They really educated um, people on like the ways to like, like handle situations like that too right. from like a ally perspective. So I thought that was so good. June, watch it. I know, I know. <laughs> this is like the third it. time that we've talked together that you're like, you have to watch the show June. <laughs> So good. It is on the list. It is on the list. Um, yeah, I I appreciate queer coding for the way that it like will at least like imply right that there are that there is queer representation. Um, I feel like sometimes it can get problematic though when it just feels like censorship. Like there, like we could be having a conversation about something here, but for whatever reason, the you know the studio is afraid to, so we gotta like just imply things or we have to be really vague about things, and it's like let's just talk about it. <laughs> let's just let's just put it out there. Um, so that's the only time where I'm like, mm. is this is this coding or is this like? fear or like hesitation hesitation because at the end of the day you know a lot of places do they want to lose money do they want to lose viewership um but i think i think a lot of people just like you like just do it just talk about it yeah like (laughs) who cares yeah especially with something like um i I was reading an article about yuri on ice as a as a example of like queer coding and thinking about just like how like how many like very uh, strongly implied scenes there are, right? That it's that oh, at a certain point, it's like, why are like, just just do it, just say it, just well, move and, the arm. Well, <laughs> if you remember in, in the manga, it's actually like you know the the mangaka literally the artist he said, yeah, it's 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 what's happening. But animating it, they had to you know it had to appeal to audiences. I remember you know when that was getting dubbed in Texas. Um, I know a lot of my friends were just like, we don't know how this is like fully getting dubbed and like, you know, actually doing it. And I was like, what do you mean? And like, well, because like, you know, it's the first time that, you know, the studio's done like an actual show that has this queer coding kind of underlining like as a running theme. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like really being taken as like a joke. Um, And, you know, it it, it was very interesting to me because it was the first dub like in a long time that I like binge watched every week. I was like waiting for it because I was like, oh my gosh, they're like actually telling a story. But then I realized I was like, oh my God, like fans got really like, well, they didn't kiss in this episode and they didn't do that. And and literally the artist is like, yeah, they did. Like (laughs) 
don't try and put on the rose colored glasses. Like literally they did. Um, so yeah, I thought that was very interesting that Yuri and Ice, uh, you know, is one of those examples, but yeah, there was a lot of censorship there too. Um, for sure. Um, that reminds me of the background behind like banana fish. If either of you have seen it. Oh yeah. Already. Banana fish. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I wasn't, I think the manga, like the manga artist wanted it to be gay. And then like the publishing company was like, no, no, you need to change it. And so it was more like subtle, but then during when they made the anime, it was like a little more there, but still just. Yeah, exactly. I just got a notification on the thing. I did too. Oh. I was like, Wait. I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it for a time limit? No, it said, uh, it, should it said it was upgraded and now we have unlimited minutes. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Cool. We're fancy. I don't know what happened. Right. We just got cool. upgraded to uh, first class. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's What were we talking about? We're talking oh, about banana fish. Banana fish, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't have any other comments on it, but um, <laughs> um, I I think it's interesting though when it comes to like queer coding and like just queer ships that people have. Like one that comes to mind a lot, which I wrote in like the notes, is like Kilangon, for example. Yeah. And I love talking about that because I think it's so interesting because some people get so heated on it and they're like, "Well, they're children," and I'm like, "Yeah, can I'm children not be interested in each other? It's not like." This doesn't have to be like inappropriate. And I yeah. think it's so interesting. So we'll ship younger um, characters if they're straight, but for some reason, because mm -hmm. they're two guys, it's like, oh no, we can't do that. Well, I think that's a running theme. I think, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves about like the anime community is that we're so quick to jump down the throats of any LGBT couple, whether they be young, old, teenager, whatever. Um, and then, but the minute like we have you know, a, a straight couple or um, we have, you know, a definite written like storyline. Uh, it's like the gospel. Um, and it, it comes down to this, this hypocrisy thing where it's like, okay, but why is it okay for, you know, to have a show that's romantic um, to have these two characters that are kids have a crush on each other and they do these adventures together and everything. But the minute that we say like, oh, but these two boys you know, the, immediately it's inappropriate and whatever. And I'm like, that's that's a little backward thinking because, mm -hmm. you know, they can have a crush too. You know, we're not saying anything inappropriate. I mean, kids have crushes. I mean, there's always that story about like, oh my gosh, cooties and like crushes, giving notes, valentines, like, you know, the cheesy stuff. And that's, you know, the, the, a kid, you know, these two boys can like really like each other more than friends and still just go on adventures together um, without it being inappropriate. And I think that comes from this internalized, like, you know, cause if you, if you look at it, like no one really says it about, you know, older characters because, or it's just ignored. They'll be like, Oh, I don't watch the show. Um, but if it's like a show that it's like fully shown in, it's mostly the shown in shows. Um, you look at the shows that are very shown in and like, you know, that have that like adventure and like, Oh, geared towards the demographic of like boys and everything you know, that's a scary thing because those characters are like them. Mm -hmm. And I think it comes from, you know, those, those, you know, normally hetero uh, boys or maybe boys that don't know, you know, what they're going through, teenagers or whatever. They see characters that are like them. And then immediately if you throw a wrench being like, oh yeah, by the way, they're gay. Immediately it's a scary thought because they don't know how to handle that. And um, I think that's a big reason why, you know, you have Kilo and Gone, like, 
being like, oh, that's like we like talking about that. But then like people are like, no, that's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. And that's what that's what people get scared about. Like I could imagine like you watch My Hero Academia and the, like for any reason, like all of a sudden, you know, Midoriya is like, you know, what? I like I like boys and girls. The world would explode. <laughs> and, like the fan base would explode and it would be a mixed. And you would see those people that are like, that's no, there's no way because they're, they're it's a, it's an internalized thing. I think um, it's a self-conscious, like, Oh my God, that could be me. Um, and I think we need to change that mentality and just be like, why can't people love who they love? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, totally. I think, yeah, especially with those shonen shows, a lot of the protagonists are kind of like, not like totally right. They have their own personalities, but they are kind of like self inserts, right? Like they're supposed to appeal to the watcher. Like this yeah, is exactly. this could be you. Like you you are going along on this adventure, and so as soon as yeah, it kind of challenges some people to um, uh, yeah, maybe confront some of the biases they have about certain identities, especially if they're like placing themselves into these people. I never thought of it that way. That's so interesting. Um, I think I think it just it comes down to, you know, I br- you bring up a really good point, Juna. It's like you know you're supposed to be putting yourself in these characters' shoes, these characters' protagonists, right? And you want the 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 objective is for you to want to be like this character who's going to save the day, who's going to fight like adversity and come, overcome it. And uh, and it's like, but does it change your opinion of me? Because you know you've spent all these years getting to know me, and now you know another part of me but I'm still the same person. And, you know, it's not like, you know, we're going to wake up and watch my hero and, you know, Midoriya is going to be gay all of a sudden <laughs> and you know, focus on, I don't want to be a hero. I just want to be like, you know, some gay stereotype they wrote in. Um, it's not going to be like that. He's still going to want to be the pro hero. He's still going to want to save the day. He's still going to want to be like, you know, his, his mentor. And, and that's, that's something that I think people aren't connecting with is like, mm-hmm. And it's a parallel to real life, you know, just because I'm gay doesn't mean I'm now fully 100% different. Like I've always been this way. You just never connected the dots or mm-hmm. you, you don't want to see that side of me, the the true part of me. Um, and I think, you know, once the fan base and like the audience and the creators and the people that work on stuff can kind of get over that, we can start seeing real connections being made and like not having to worry about it being like the reveal. Um. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, I think that that is where I, I, I get worried about the queer coding stuff too sometimes because, because then, uh, yeah, like when it isn't stated explicitly, like this is what, who, like how this character identifies, right. Then it leaves, it leaves just enough room for people to deny things and be like, oh, they're not actually gay. They're not actually gay. Because if they were gay, then then the whole story would change. And, and that's not happening. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think well, a recent uh, example of that too, just really quickly was, um, you know, they remade Neon Genesis and um, they changed a lot of things about the relationship <laughs> between Yokaru and, um, and Shinji. And uh, I remember the outrage from a lot of fans, which was the first time I was like, oh, fans are actually mad that they're not like gay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and that was like really big because, you know, 
people were like, why would you change like a very important like queer story like that? Um, and it just doesn't make sense. And they're like, what? But they were like dissecting it. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need more of this. Like, yeah. Hide it, hide it. Tell people it's not okay to do that. And that was like you said, that's it's that queer coding. You have it open-ended enough that people are like, hmm, let's, let's deny it. Let's just go and be on the safe route and, you know, deny this. And then it actually backfired, um, I think, for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. That's so interesting. I just started the rebuild and I'm on the second movie. And he's literally my favorite character right now. I'm like, <laughs> is that, that's all going to be, okay, interesting. Very excited yeah. to continue watching that. Um, on the note, though, of queer coding, I think there's like an interesting line between queer coding and uh, queer baiting. If anybody has any thoughts on uh, that whole phenomenon that happens in like fan service and whatnot. <laughs> Immediately, I think of free. Yeah. Okay. So I was just to say free is like the biggest example. Um, sports anime in general yes. is, is the mm -hmm. biggest example because I think what they're doing is they're taking the idea of teamwork and camaraderie and they're putting it into the queer baiting sense. And it's those shows, those competition type shows where it's like the two main like male leads are like going like they're like want to beat each other and then they end up fa like falling in love with each other but not really and you're like but it's wholly implied and it's fan servicey um free was an example of that because i think you know it's never explicitly said it, it never is however um let's be real <laughs> let's be real here that it and i think w the point of that show was is that it's like Ooh, these attractive anime men and and they're like swimming and it's competitive and they have this love for each other that's competitive and so they're everyone's like oh my god they love each other and that's what got the show so popular because it was like the shipping wars it was basically free shipping um <laughs> and uh i i think queer baiting is it's the it's the answer to all the fan service we get with you know the the more suggestive like you know magical girl shows that are like oh my god you know i'm so like attractive and stuff and then like the guy has the harem and like all that stuff it's the answer to that right you know because we we in the lgbt community don't get that in like mainstream and so free Q, these other shows like um that are all about competitive skate the infinity um all these shows that are just like baiting us they're like fan service fan service fan service but like i was like can we get an actual one that would be great like just be like can we have a, an actual harem that's not that's not that <laughs> that's serious I, I remember a specific scene in free that'll never leave my mind where one at the top of a slide um, they're like yelling at each other and he pulls the guy to the bottom of the slide and then steps over him, yell at him. And I'm like, nobody in real life is going to yell at their friends, like by like moving yeah. over them. It's so if you're going to kiss, kiss. Uh, that part, I was like, just, I was like, if this is going to happen, just kiss. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> done here. Just sweating, sweating, watching the show. Uh. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen the show yet. I, I guess I'll say that. I haven't seen the show yet. I have heard um things about it i i know i have a list i have a list this is about to get really long it <laughs> is already really June long i'm like really behind i'm really behind <laughs> he hasn't even finished yuri on ice i oh, haven't gosh oh it's so good i've read i spoiled it but oh well then i'm making okay. i know but <laughs> yeah i'm catching up on like 
six years worth of anime that I've missed in the past. Yeah, yeah I need, six I years. I need to catch up on too, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think with like queer baiting stuff, it it can feel like kind of exploitative at times. <laughs> yeah. Just like this wasn't made for me. This was made for, um, uh, I don't know, some a middle schooler. <laughs> a middle school girl who is uh you know fangirling over her her two crushes interacting That's- with each other kind of thing um so sometimes i'm like uh yeah like mm. um but uh, exactly what you said Kiba. like it's some of it is it's like the answer to all this other like sh- the the straight counterparts to to this that have existed and continue to exist and will continue to be produced sure. it's like get a I, I get a little bit but um yeah that i think at the end of the day, I'm always going to be craving more more authentic representation, and then this other stuff is like a bonus, right? Yeah. But I don't want the bonus without the actual meat. <laughs> like I don't I don't want the side dish without the main course, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Hungry for more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like this is a good time to list any recommendations people might have if anybody listening wants more any uh anime that you think has like representation that you think people might want anything for example i can i can start us off because i had some listed <laughs> minor manga though and i wanted to specifically pick manga that were like um more wholesome and whatnot so i chose uh go for it nakamura or uh i'm not gonna say in japanese um or <laughs> down let me see yeah it's it's so it's so cute um and then uh, my brother's husband my brother's husband yeah it's it's geared i think it's geared towards uh like kids because it's very much like um explaining the concept of a gay man (laughs) almost (laughs) but it's it's so it's it's really cute i highly recommend those if you want some like wholesome wholesome like yeah content june um i so yeah my recommendation well because you know my my anime list is still very short I'll just say. yeah um <laughs> so i'll just i'm just gonna signal boost neon genesis evangelion because yeah that's that was my kind of like intro to a uh, queer representation in anime and so uh yeah watch the original series if you haven't yet um and enjoy it for all it has to offer it has a lot to offer <laughs> Um, I have what two two rep- two two things? Yeah, two. Um, so my biggest one, I I'm an advocate for this show. I love it so much. It literally makes me cry. It makes me feel like good inside because it also deals with mental health, like and 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 all that is given. Um, I think Given is an amazing manga, an amazing show. Um, it is beautifully done, and it is actually an example of a queer story that doesn't play it for the joke and it actually deals with a lot of mental health issues that one of the main characters has um in fact both really um and it's just very it does you go into it not even thinking about like what it is like you watch it and it's a music show and it's very like slice of life and then it's just kind of mentioned and it's like that's who this character is and you're just like oh and there's this discovery and this journey. And of course, there's the normal like fan servicey stuff between these side characters that's happening. Um, you know, but the it really the story between the main characters is really heartfelt. And it, it's one of those shows and manga that I think a lot of people need to experience 
Um, and it has a fan base, uh, but I think it needs to be one of those shows that's like mainstream. Uh, it needs to it needs to be dubbed. It needs to have the recognition because I think the story is important to tell. Um, and then another one is Stranger by the Sea. Um, I love <laughs> Stranger by the Sea. Um, very, I think also another important story because it deals with that internalized like homophobic thing that a lot of people that are scared of who they are have where it's like I'm I, I don't know if I am so I have to be afraid of it and and I think it's just beautifully animated it's cute it's like really sweet you know there's obviously like it's more geared towards adults for sure um but it it's does it's not pushing the envelope too much where it's like okay this is like we're gonna put this in the yaoi section um but uh, yeah, those are my two recommendations. I'd say definitely Given and Stranger by the Sea are really, really fantastic. I was going to recommend Stranger by the Sea. I don't know. <laughs> I was literally mentioning it before. I love it so much. It's like when... spicy, but I think it's very important because it's, you know, I think it's definitely a, a story that they were trying to tell for the adult kind of audience and more mature audience, but it wasn't enough where it was like, okay, like, you know, this, we're just going to put this aside as just like, okay, it's another Yowie story and it doesn't have any like substance, but I think it has a lot of substance and that's what is important mm-hmm. about it. I think it has a story to tell. So, yeah. yeah. And Mio is a style icon. Yes. Right afterwards, I bought like this big old button up shirt. Like, okay, now I get to get some pants. I'm going to wear flip flops with my jeans or whatever he's doing. Yes. Style icon. Fashion. Yes. Oh, love that. Also, big fan of Given. Um, if anything, June, you need to watch Given as well. No, like I, would, I would. Honestly, I would put Given at the top of your list. Okay, because because it's 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 shorter than Free, um, and shorter than Yuri on Ice actually too. Um, but it is so good. Like you, once you start it, you will not stop. Like you need to just go through it because it is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. I do everything and then watch the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely adore Akihiko in it. So, uh, Mafuyu is one of my dream roles. If they ever dub it, I want to. It needs to be dubbed. I want to be Mafuyu so bad. Uh, you know, I'm a trained singer, and I go. I've gone through exactly what he has gone through in a very similar way, and I just was like, oh, please let me get the opportunity at some point because, oh my gosh, uh, so good. Uh, I would love that opportunity. Now the song is playing in my head. I think I I'm going to cry. <laughs> See, it's that type of impact. I'm just saying, June, you need to watch it. <laughs> got it. I got it. <laughs> um, well, thank you for joining us today. And I can't wait to see what our next episode has in store. You can follow Anime for Humanity at Anime for Humanity on Instagram and, or Anime the number four Humanity on Twitter for more information. And you can follow me at at pockethealer.therapy on Instagram. And Kiba, where can our listeners find you on social media? Yes, of course. You can follow me on Twitter at JustKibaWalker. Um, or if you've got Instagram, you can follow me at Salem underscore moon underscore drag. That's my more active account. Um, or Kiba the Voice, either one. Um, and yeah, I post a lot of stuff about things I'm doing on Twitter. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.